Today is Thursday, February the 16th, 2023. It's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, baseball season is officially here as the road to Omaha begins tomorrow afternoon at Founders Park. South Carolina begins another season of baseball as UMass Lowell comes to town for a three-game set. And we are here To break it all down, guys, I'll break down opening weekend in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk the Riverhawks. They're pitching, they're hitting. Also, of course, we'll move into South Carolina. Their rotation for the weekend, what to watch for, key player of the series, and also I'll lock in my prediction against UMass Lowell as well. Also, we're talking South Carolina men's basketball as the Gamecocks fall on Tuesday night. To the Vanderbilt Commodores, I will give my full takeaways from the game. We'll talk player of the game and what's next for Lamont Paris's squad as well. Folks, we have got a packed show for you here on this Thursday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. Guys, it's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. Guys, you can play college sports, pro sports, anything and everything you can think of. Prize Picks has got it. They've also got a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
feel it. The crack of the bat, the pop of the mitt, the brats, the bruise. Baseball is officially back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Thursday. Happy opening day eve hope you are all doing well i'm chris phillips your host of the spurs up as always and as you can tell very excited to chat with each and every single one of you as we get you ready for this weekend the yardcocks are back on the diamond at founders park and we are officially back in studio after a very fantastic vacation and let me start there guys very excited to be back on home soil went to the mountains went skiing earlier this week and I want to say thank you all so much because as I'm away right we're still producing content and getting out content the show of course the podcast dropping on Monday but did take some time away from the Daily Crow and To still feel the love and the support from you all, even when we are away, not quite as active, if you will, taking some time to detach. I I just want to let you all know I'm extremely grateful for that. Again, the love and the support that we feel. Uh, And I'm so thrilled and happy to be doing something in my life to where I'm fulfilled by doing it. I look forward to coming back from vacation and getting back to the grind and getting back to the show and, and to the content. It's truly just a blessing in life that I have something where I do feel that way, and it's all because of you all, your love, your support. You guys truly make this what it is. You are the reason why TSUS is what it is currently, is what it's becoming, and I cannot say thank you all enough because, again, I am giddy sitting here today. I was thinking to myself on the drive home, I cannot wait to get back in the studio, to get back behind the mic, and talk some South Carolina baseball. Man, I am fired up here on this Thursday. The blood is pumping. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. And like I said, thank you all so much for the continued love and support from the podcast side of the business, the Daily Crow, the merchandise, social media, all across the content. We truly feel and I'm truly grateful for And I hope you've had a fantastic week, by the way. I feel like I have not talked to you guys in forever because of no Daily Crow. That being said, I am very excited to announce and to let you all know, of course, we already set this earlier in the week. We already set this late last week as well, but there has been no TDC to this point. We are back live today. I'll be jumping on Inside the Gamecocks with J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax, and J.B. at 1130, and then, of course, TDC will operate as normal noon to 2, both today and and tomorrow, also today, we'll have J.C. Sherbert on the Daily Crow for his normal Thursday segment, one fifteen to until. And then, guys, stay tuned. I might do some special opening day content tomorrow. You never know. Hey, last year, I was out grilling brats and and uh, eating food and out there having a good time and, you know, singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and all that good stuff. You never know what might happen. So, again, just stay tuned for that. Of course, you guys all know I absolutely love counter baseball and everything that it brings. So, really, really excited. I think we probably will do something special. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I got to think we'll do something for opening day and to get opening weekend kicked off the right way. But again, really excited to be back in the saddle, really excited to be getting back after it. That being said, guys, let's go ahead and jump right into it because, of course, it is opening day eve. Depending on when you are listening to this show, the season begins in just about 24 hours or so. The quest for Omaha for the Yardcocks begins once again as UMass Lowell, the River Hawks, come to town for a three-game set 
Friday at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 2, and then Sunday at 1.30. Of course, all three games being played at Founders Park in Columbia, South Carolina. If you cannot make it out to the yard, all three games will be streamed on SEC Network+. Plus. And guys, if you have questions on how to watch, how to get SEC Network+, Plus, um, there are people you can talk to. I, I, all I know is this. If you've got a cable subscription, if you've got a login, hey, the ESPN app, that is going to be your best way to do it. Heck, that's how I'll be watching the games that I will not be at. So again, SEC Network+, Plus is where you can catch all of the action. UMass Lowell of the America East Conference, their head coach is Ken Haring. Last season, they went 28-30, and 15-15 and 15 in their conference, which, ironically enough, very similar to South Carolina, right? It's interesting. 28-30, and 15-15 15 in league play. Uh, let's break down the Riverhawks. We will start, guys, with the pitching. Of course, we'll talk pitching. We'll talk hitting. We'll start on the mound of 5.69 staff ERA a season ago, which, believe it or not, that led the America East in ERA last season, which I thought was really surprising because that's not that great of an ERA. Either way, though, they are loaded on the bump in regards to returners. LJ Keevan and Joshua Becker lead the rotation. They do return. Uh, Keevan was a guy that last year for them was a stud as a freshman. And Becker's a guy, I believe this is his fifth or sixth year on campus. So he is a veteran in that rotation. And when you look at the projected starting rotation for the Riverhawks, and again, this is just my project projections. They have not released who they will throw this weekend. I believe it will be the righty Joshua Becker who will get the baseball tomorrow afternoon on opening day. Last year, he was 6-5 and five with a 5.32 ERA. Then on Saturday, the aforementioned lefty LJ Keevan, a season ago as a freshman, keep in mind, 5-5 five and five overall record with a 4.71 ERA. The Riverhawks are really, really excited about this kid. And then on Sunday, the man that per D1Baseball.com is projected to be their guy on the final day of the weekend, right-handed pitcher Brian Foley, the true freshman, by the way. So uh would be something to see them start a true freshman against this Gamecocks lineup, but apparently he's 91-94 to 94 from the right side. So Foley can bring the heat as well. It'll be really interesting if they go with the freshman against this Gamecocks lineup. When you look at the hitting side of things, Riverhawks hit 279 as a team a season ago. They actually led the America East Conference in hits last season. So they led the conference in ERA and also led the conference in hits offensively, yet were not very good last year, finished below 500, which is really, really hard to compute, really hard to do the math on that one. But either way, that is the case, and when you look at some of their returners, guys, players to watch for for this weekend, you got to start with outfielder Jerry Syracusa, first team all AEC a season ago. He's the preseason player of the year for the conference by D1Baseball.com, and you look at the numbers, you can see why. Hit 331 last year, 10 home runs, and 65 RBI, definitely someone this Gamecocks pitching staff will have to keep an eye on. You then move to infielder, outfielder Jacob Humphrey. Last year hit 337, two homers, 23 ribbies. And here's the stat that jumps out. Gamecocks catchers will have their hands full this weekend because Humphrey had 46 stolen bases in 47 attempts, and those 46 bags robbed was good enough for second nationally in all of college baseball. So this kid is an absolute speed demon. And oh, by the way, the one time he got caught stealing, guys, was in a game in which he had four stolen bases 
in the game. So Humphrey is an absolute speed demon, as I mentioned, on the bases. And then you look at shortstop Fritz Ginther, who last year hit 290, 11 home runs, and 44 RBI. So some very capable sticks in this UMass Lowell lineup as well. Moving to South Carolina, their starting rotation, well, we know it by now. Uh, it'll be right-handed pitcher Will Sanders on opening day, right-handed pitcher Noah Hall on Saturday, and then right-handed pitcher Jack Mahoney on Sunday as well, which is exactly the rotation that we predicted earlier this week. So again, it'll be Sanders, Hall, Mahoney on the weekend. And when you look at what to watch for, opening weekend is where you have to begin, right? There's just something special about getting the season going and everything that comes with it, all of the nerves, the butterflies, and and anybody who's ever played the game, right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But also, you know, for fans as well. And the great thing about college baseball, and this can go for any sport, but I feel like for this sport it's different, right? We talk a lot about the college football season and how the offseason is one of the most special times of the year. Hope springs eternal, as I like to say. But for the college baseball season, it's different because you really do feel like that it's anybody's game, right? Anybody can get hot and win the national championship, especially at a program like South Carolina where it's been done before. But with opening weekend and how special it is, an opening day, whether it be college, it be pro, it be high school, it's a special thing. It's a unique thing. And it's the promise that, hey, spring, summer, just around the corner, and we are about to ride it out for the next 56-plus games with these guys. Will the Yardcocks be able to lead us to the promised land yet again? So really, really excited. Again, just everything that opening weekend brings, and also, of course, the shuffling, our first look. It'll be a lot of fans' first look at a lot of these new transfers, right? Transfers both offensively, defensively on the bump as well. So really, really excited. Opening weekend brings so much new promise to a new season. Also, guys, what I'm looking forward to, elite arms toe the rubber, right? So many of these big names we've been hearing all offseason long, all fall, all spring. Mark Kingston's talked about it, how many great arms there are. I mean, you look at the starting rotation with Sanders, with Hall, with Mahoney. This should be a group that even though you look at UMass Lowell, and yes, they had some success last year swinging the bats, this should be a group that, especially early in the season, should be able to have their way with the competition. That's all due respect to the Riverhawks, if you will, but really, really excited to see. It's been all that talk, right? All these projections, all these expectations, if you will, to now see it take place and to now see it actually toe the rubber and to see it work. Going to be a lot of fun to watch and see also how roles are established in that bullpen with these new guys. But to really watch your arms eat is going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Also, guys, the big story and the thing I'm looking forward to, questions that begin to turn to answers offensively. I mean, that's really, truly, guys, if we're honest with ourselves, that's where all the attention is focused is offensively. And you don't want to judge the season or judge a ball club off of one weekend, certainly not one game, right? But definitely not on opening weekend, because I'm here to tell you guys this. There's going to be a team on opening weekend that loses two of three to an opponent that they quote-unquote should not lose to, right? Upsets happen all across college baseball, but I think this opening series and early on in the non-conference is massive in regards to being a tone setter for this South kind of ball club. We've talked a lot about why it's important right after last year going below 500 and Mark Kingston being on the hot seat. Well, a lot of these questions that we have on the offensive side, 
I think you're going to be able to tell very, very early on. I mean, again, guys, UMass Lowell led their conference last year with a 5.69 staff ERA. All due respect, the Riverhawks, this is a group of pitchers you probably should be able to swing it and swing it pretty well against. So I'm very curious to see. And also, guys, these different position battles, right? Looking at guys like a like a Braylon Wimmer at shortstop. How do they use Michael Braswell? How do the transfers flourish in this lineup? The Cassises, the McGillises, the Caleb Dennys, the Dylan Brewers, right? There's a lot of guys that need to come into their own and answer a lot of these questions that we have. Going to be really interesting to see how the sticks look on the first weekend. Is it more of the same from last year? And again, you can't draw conclusions positive or negative after opening weekend but I just wonder, are we able to, when the dust settles and we're talking once again on Monday, are we able to look at certain things and point to certain things and say, that's a reason for optimism? Or are we saying it's more of the same of what we've seen at the dish in the Mark Kingston era? Also, guys, what to watch for for me. I pose this question. Should South Carolina be weary of the UMass Lowell Riverhawks? And, and I don't say that as a joke. I'm actually dead serious because... I admittedly, like you all, when I first looked at the schedule, I said, who in the world is UMass Lowell? I've never even heard of these guys, right? But then you do some digging, and you look at the conference they play in, where they finished last year, where they're projected. Guys, they're projected to finish second in their conference right hand, right behind Binghampton. And that doesn't mean that I'm telling you that we should, we as fans should say, well, you know, if, if, you, if you lose the series, it's no big deal. That's not what I'm saying, but I think – Fans and this ball club, of course, would be wise. I I'm just really excited and curious to see how this team attacks this week. And that's really my final storyline and what I'm watching for is making a statement out of the gate to begin a pivotal season, right? I, I just think it's so important this group attack this thing the right way, come out with the right attitude. Of course, everybody's going to be excited for opening weekend, but being able to control the emotions as well. And again, I pose the question not as a joke. So should South Carolina be weary of this group? Because you look at last year, most looked at UNC Greensboro. Oh, no big deal. South Carolina, they should be able to sweep with ease. And that was an all-out fight all weekend long. The Gamecocks, I'd say, guys, were lucky to take two of three from UNCG that opening weekend. So I think making a statement, coming out of the gate, handling your business, right? You have the better players. You have the better roster. There's no debate here. It's still baseball, though it's a random game. The Riverhawks do have a couple of guys that can hurt you, but I think South Carolina needs to use this time to flex their muscles, build some confidence, and make a big-time statement coming out of the gate and starting this 2023 season off on the right foot. Let's move into key player of the weekend. And guys, my key player, it's Braylon Wimmer. And I think just... For Braylon, I think it's about establishing himself early on as the go-to dude, as the big basher in the lineup. Yes, you've got a lot of transfer guys you're really excited about, but Braylon Wimmer returned for a reason, right? Braylon Wimmer returned to make a statement about his own career. Right? He turned down six figures in the MLB draft a season ago. Also, he's changed positions going from second to shortstop, and that's going to be a change that 
you know, if there's some struggles early on, especially defensively, I think there's going to be some moaning. There's going to be some groaning from folks that are big Michael Braswell fans. I think it's really important, again, for Braylon Wimmer, get off to a hot start, establish yourself as that leader, both offensively, defensively, two areas the Gamecocks struggle mightily a season ago. And Braylon Wimmer is going to be one of those guys. He's going to be sort of a glue guy for you. I mean, he's going to be one of those cornerstone pieces that if South Carolina, if they're going to improve offensively and have the type of season they want to have, Braylon Wimmer's got to be that guy. He's got to be that dude we all know he can be, and he needs to lead this team or be one of the leaders on this ball club on the offensive side. So Braylon Wimmer, my key player of the weekend against UMass Lowell, which leads me into my prediction. And guys, I've locked in my prediction for the season, right? And I'll stand by that when it comes to this weekend. I fully expect the Gamecocks' arms to to shine. I, I think they'll dominate. You know, I, I think UMass Lowell here and there, again, they've got some good sticks more than I expected when I did my research on them. Again, got a uh, got a preseason player of the year in their conference. You know, what Humphrey did stealing bags, what Ginther did in regards to power. I mean, they've got some dudes that can hurt you, but they haven't seen guys like Will Sanders. They haven't seen guys like Noah Hall. They haven't seen guys like Jack Mahoney, and they haven't seen guys like Jerzenbeck. You know, the, the the dudes that'll be featured in this bullpen, the Kate Austins of the world, the Brett Thomases, um, you know, the list goes on and on of big-time arms that South kind of will roll out there. I think those arms will flash. I think those arms will dominate. I think they'll do enough. The big questions offensively on opening weekend. Again, you, you don't want to draw conclusions, and I'm not going to draw conclusions, but I just think it's so important for this group to get off to a fast start, Right to build confidence early. South Carolina, right, that w- the, what the non-conference is supposed to be, right, what this time between now, guys, and the beginning of SEC play is to find your best nine. And spoiler alert, the best nine hitters are going to play. They're going to roll out the best nine hitters each and every single opportunity, right? Every single game, the best nine hitters are going to play. Well, this is the time to figure out who your best nine are, right? Because you're going to see some shuffling potentially at first base, potentially at third base, in the outfield, potentially at catcher, right? You've got viable options. Mark Kingston pointed out weeks ago that, hey, some guys that were no-brainers to start, guess what? They're fighting for starting jobs now. It's no longer just a no-duh thing that you're going to get the baseball, that you're going to take the field. Look at the Michael Braswell situation, right? So I'm curious to see how much shuffling there is, but I I, I think it's very important that South kind of offensively get off to a hot start. I think they'll do enough. I'm not going to sit here and tell you South Carolina is going to score 10-plus runs every game, but I think they'll do enough to complement dominant pitching, and I do think South Carolina will be too much for UMass Lowell. I think the Gamecocks will get the sweep and start this 2023 season off on a high note. So, again, lock it in. Gamecocks will sweep the Riverhawks this weekend in what should be a beautiful and fun weekend of baseball at Founders Park. So, guys, that's my breakdown of the South Carolina UMass Lowell series. We'd love to hear your thoughts. How are you feeling going into opening weekend as the Gamecocks begin their road to Omaha? Guys, let's move from the diamond to the hardwood before we wrap things up. And, guys, as I told you all in the post game on Tuesday night, and I'm always going to be transparent, I'm always going to be honest. Admittedly, I didn't watch a second of the game, right? I went out of town was treating the lady to a fantastic Valentine's Day dinner, which we had a blast. And um, the game was not of a priority, and thank God it wasn't. Because And I looked so stupid, by the way. I looked so dumb. 
because I picked South Carolina to get the win. I thought, you know what, Court Cox, they're a five-and-a-half-point underdog. They're on their home floor. You're coming off a big win over Ole Miss. How about some momentum? Build off that game. Nope, South kind of trails by 20 at halftime and then loses that ball game by double digits yet again. You know, I think the big takeaway is this from the highlights that I watched and more importantly, I would say the commentary that I saw on social media. My biggest takeaway from the game, guys, I think much of this fan base has actually turned on Gigi Jackson. And I'm not telling you that's right. I'm just telling you what I'm observing. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. You know, it's interesting how this G.G. Jackson saga has really played out because how do I want to go about this? You know, G.G. had the comments he had after the Arkansas game in which he didn't get the ball, he didn't get the last shot, and whether you think he was right for that, wrong for that, bottom line is it was not a good look, right? And I think a lot of people, a lot of folks on social media maybe bit their tongues, right, because G.G. Jackson's this big-time five-star guy, right? He's He's the best prospect. We've ever pulled in. Well, you look at his play the last couple of games. And more importantly, I think the thing that fans are, are, are taking most issue with is maybe the body language and what looks to be maybe an attitude of being checked out on the season. And it just feels like to me that a lot of this fan base is not putting up with that any longer. A lot of this fan base is, is not thrilled with uh, maybe his approach to each individual game. Again, I did not watch the game the other night start to finish, but it just feels, and it's a really interesting thing, where, you know, I I would still argue G.G. Jackson's your best player. I I think he's a guy that's going to be probably a lottery pick. He's going to have a very successful career in the NBA. Does he have some hard lessons to learn? I think absolutely, no doubt. I think there's a reason. I I think you look at Lamont Paris and you tip your cap for him taking a stance and and not saying, hey, G.G. Jackson runs our team because he's this, because he's that, because the media says he's this, the media says he's that. No, I mean, he's he's taking a stance and running his team the way he wants to do so, and I commend him for it. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's just – it has become the lead storyline of this season. And, and so I just wonder – how it will play out the rest of the way. And, and I just, I, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not the vocal majority, right? Maybe it's not. We all know how social media works. But it just seems like a lot of the commentary that I'm seeing is anti-GG Jackson, which I would have never thought would have been the case. You look at the player of the game, guys. Let's keep it moving. Michi Johnson against Vandy, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, a fantastic game from the sharpshooter. And you look at what's next for Lamont Paris's squad. This weekend, back on the road in Baton Rouge this time at LSU, a 1 o'clock tip-off of the SEC Network. And guys, I don't have a prediction right now, but let me just point this out, a crazy stat for you. The Bayou Bengals are on a 13-game losing streak. They have not won a game in this calendar year. Their last win coming in 2022. So... This is a great opportunity for the Gamecocks to get their third SEC win on the season. Uh, I I think it would be nothing short of embarrassing to fall to an LSU team that is not won in the year 2023. We shall see, though. Should be a lot of fun. We'll have basketball going on. We'll have baseball going on. And let me also say this and follow up, because I don't want my comments to be misconstrued. I'm pro G.G. Jackson. Even after the comments he's made about TSUS and me personally, I have no issue with G.G. Jackson. I get how social media works and why he was upset and whatever. Hey, all is fair in love and war. So I've got no problem with G.G. I want to make that very clear, right? There is no TSUS versus G.G. Jackson thing. Quite the opposite. 
I, I am very high on Gigi. I'm a fan of Gigi. And, hey, Gigi's success is South Carolina's success. And South Carolina's success is my success. Is TSUS's success is all of our success. So I have nothing but love for Gigi Jackson. And I will continue to evaluate his game as such. I think he's a fantastic player. But to see the mood of the fan base in regards to Gigi and his game and, and just how folks are starting to feel. I, and I just think where it really stems from, guys, is we're bad. Right? We're bad. And so... If you're still talking about this team as as I am, right, as I am, there's just not a whole lot of positive to say. There, there's just really not, right? So, uh, anyways, just wanted to throw that out there, make that clear so nothing could be misconstrued. I am pro Gigi Jackson. I'm a fan of Gigi. Um, you know, I think watching his evolution as a player has been very fun. I, I, I'm just curious now to see how he responds to adversity because only playing, what, 16 minutes against Ole Miss, 12 minutes or so uh, against Vanderbilt had two points in the game. This is a sort of crossroads, right? Because the season's not over. There's still basketball to be played. And it's like these guys can either fold up shop and just quit or, you know, we can see this team show some resiliency, show some resolve, show some togetherness, play for each other, play as a team, and uh, scratch out another win or two. We shall see what happens. But either way, guys, hey, really excited for the weekend. Of course, baseball is back. We got basketball as well. You all know I love when the sports overlap because content – is bleeding out the eyeballs. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. I'll leave you with this. Go Yardcocks, beat UMass Lowell, and go Courtcocks, beat LSU, and we will talk to you all on Monday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you.